0: Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. This is week three of our series first. And I do believe that here at the first of this year that God is, is growing us. I think with, with every service, God is growing us. And throughout this month, I believe that God is just preparing us for, for his greatness to be demonstrated in our lives. The first week of this series, I spoke about the principle of firsts. And we looked at Genesis chapter four where God was pleased with Abel's offering, but he was not pleased with Cain's offering. And I explained to you that day that Cain grew his crops and the Bible says that eventually he got around to bringing God an offering. That means he didn't offer God his first fruits, but Abel on the other hand, brought the firstborn of his flock and that's why God was satisfied because God wants first God is not satisfied with our leftovers God wants our first last week I gave you the solution to every care and concern in your life and I said if you can apply that 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 principle, to to every care and concern in your life, it will change how you look at things. According to Matthew chapter 6, that principle is we are to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and let him take care of the rest. And and the problem is that that our kingdoms seem to get in the way. Seeking the kingdom of God first acknowledges that he is king and you are not king. And we read in Second Chronicles chapter 14 where King Asa led the nation of Judah to seek the Lord. And because he did, God not only gave the nation rest, but when the Ethiopian army, who, who almost doubled the size of the army of Judah with over 1 million men, when they attacked, God fought on their behalf because they were seeking God. We're seeking God the first of this year, and God is going to fight for us the rest of this year. Amen? I'll never forget our first miles for missions 5K here at Destiny Community Church. Um, I was not necessarily in the race to win it because I looked around and there at the starting line, there were a, a, a lot more um, people that were younger and more fit than I am, and so I knew immediately I'm not going to win this thing, and so I wasn't in it to win it. I I was, I was there to help raise money for missions and to participate in a church event, but that didn't stop me from lining up on the, on the, the starting line. Like I was going to win the gold and, uh, you know, certain amount of pride a man has. And so I lined up and, and I took off running and probably about a half a mile into the race, my heart is about to explode out of my chest. And, uh, and I just kind of slowed down from, from, you know, a good strong sprint down to a brisk walk. You know, that's you know, you see these women walk so I'm just walking, you know. And I would walk for a ways and then I would I would start running again. And then I would stop and I would walk and I would run and I would walk and I would run and I would run that's how I ran the first or ran walk the first Miles for Missions five K here at our church. And along the way there were other people who were in the same boat As I was, you know, maybe, maybe they too were carrying around a little extra baggage, you know, and so, well, some of them were actually pushing strollers, but, but I would still (laughs) come up beside them and and we would have some conversation. And then I thought there's no way I'm going to let a stroller go across the finish line the same time I do. And so I would run a little bit more and stop and walk a little bit more, but about a hundred yards from the finish line, I look up and I notice that my wife is ahead of me. and that's not cool. I will never live this down. And so I, I, I look and I, I yell at her. I do what any good husband would. I said, Hey, wait up. <laughs> and we will cross the finish line together. And so I go jogging up there and she's just slowly walking, talking with, with, with somebody. As we make that last turn and and just 10, 15 feet away from her, I yell, race you. And I just take off running towards the, and Mandy, Mandy follows suit. I mean, she's coming after, you know, she's, and I knew in that distance, that sprint, you know, my legs are twice as long as her legs. I know she's not going to beat me and I'm not going to run out of breath in that short a distance. Well, I've run out of breath, but I'm not going to stop is what I should say. And so I ju- as you can guess, I just blew her doors off. I mean, I left Mandy in the dust back there. A- and so I-, I-, I realized at that moment that-, that I will always have the satisfaction of saying that I beat Mandy in the very first miles for missions 5k. And at that moment, it was the only race that really mattered. Forget that we're raising money to send to orphans in Guatemala. You know, it was the only race that mattered. We all want to be first. We all want to be first. From the beginning of our lives, we seek to be first. If you were to walk into Children's Church today over at our student center, if you were to walk into Children's Church and tell those children, I have cookies for you, they would race to be first in line. First and life, because they want it first. We are all born with that me first mentality. We want to be promoted first. We want to be paid first. We want to be pursued first. And if we have a choice in the matter, we just want to be first in everything in life. And even when it comes to the blessings of God, we want to be blessed first. And I get it because I've been there. I understand what that feels like when you see someone else get the blessing first. But, but but we all want that blessing. We act as if God has limited resources. We're afraid that if someone else gets the blessing first, that it will alter what God had in store for us. I mean, really think about it. It's our finite thinking. It's our finite mindset that we have to think that God has limited resources and that if that person's blessed, that, that, that we're, there's just not enough to go around, that God can't bless me because he blessed them. We forget that according to Psalm 37 and 23, it says the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. And somebody here today, you need to realize that. You need to realize that God delights in every detail of your life. From the big decisions to the small decisions, he delights, he takes joy in, he is proud of every detail of your life. And when you put it in his hands, when you allow him to direct your steps, he delights in all of those details. And today, I want the word of God to help direct us when we realize we're not first. When we reach that moment in life when we realize. I'm not first. I didn't get the blessing first. How are we to respond to that? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. I am going to read the very last verse of chapter 19. And I'm going to flow into chapter 20. And I want you to to remember that when these books were written... When Matthew was writing this book, there were no chapters. There were no verses. It was a book. And so it just flows. We added the numbers in there so that it would be easy to find references. And it's easy for me to tell you. Turn to Matthew chapter 19 and verse 30. And that's why the numbers are there. But just remember, there is no chapter separation in the original writing of of this book. Matthew 19 Verse 30. Jesus is speaking and he says, But many who are first will be last and the last first. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And after agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, And pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, these last worked only one hour. And you have made them equal to us who have, been born the, who have borne the burden of the day in the scorching heat. But he replied, replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. A Jewish workday started at 6 a.m., and it ended around 6 p.m. They had a 12-hour workday, and they did that for six days a week, obviously resting on the Sabbath. So at the start of the long workday, the owner went to find laborers for his harvest. Hired laborers in ancient Israel were the lowest people on the social ladder. The lowest class of workers. They were basically unskilled people. They were untrained and they were unemployed except for a day at a time. They were day laborers. And life was very desperate for these people. And it was this first come first work basis. You snooze, you lose. And if they didn't work, they didn't eat. And neither did their families. So it was critical that these day laborers find work. The Old Testament gave very specific instructions for how these day laborers should be cared for, how they should be paid. In Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 13, it says, The wages of a hired worker or a hired servant shall not remain with you all night until the morning. In other words, The day he worked, he had to be paid because that was the only way that he could feed his family. The owner of the property or the owner of the business, he couldn't hold their earnings until the next day. Deuteronomy 24 and verse 15 says, You shall give him his wages on the same day before the sun sets, for he is poor and he counts on it. This parable that Jesus is telling describes life for day laborers in any Jewish town on any given day during the harvest except for Sabbath. Hired laborers would congregate around the marketplace during the morning and they would wait there for someone, some master, some business owner to come along and hire them. And so they would just stand out in the marketplace hoping that someone would say, you come with me, you come with me just hoping that someone would pick them so that they could feed their family that night. In this parable, some of the workers were there first thing in the morning. They were ready to work. And so the master comes, and Jesus says, he hires them. He says, you come with me. Then three hours later, others have now arrived and are looking for work, and the master of the property hires them, says, you come on. I'll pay you what's fair. Six hours into the workday, Others are still looking for work, and the master comes out, and he hires them. Nine hours into the workday, with only three hours left to work, the master finds more people looking to work, and he hires them. But then, 11 hours into the workday, some of the laziest people have finally gotten out of bed. They finally got their sorry butts up. They finally made it down to the marketplace and and it's there that they are probably begging for someone to give them handouts. You give me your hard earned money. And, And with only one hour left, the master looks at these people and says, you, 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 you go to my vineyard and I'll pay you. In order for you to understand this parable that Jesus is telling, you must first put it in context with the event that led up to it being told. If you go back and read in chapter 19, there's this young, rich man, or in some of your Bibles it says a young, rich ruler, who had just approached Jesus and he asked Jesus, he says, what do I have to do to gain eternal life? Jesus looks at him and he says, well, you've you've got to keep the law. You got to keep the commandments. And the young man looks at Jesus and says, well, I've done that. Since a young age, I have kept the commandments. I am a good law abiding Jew. I've done what I'm supposed to do. But he realized that something was still lacking. Something just wasn't right. And in Chapter 19 and verse 21, Jesus says, If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Now this is that verse that scares so many people that go to church. This is the very verse that will keep some people from attending church because they think churches want your money. And I'm going to say it again. This series is not about giving. Though it will affect your giving, it is not just about giving. That's not what this is about jesus makes that statement to him if you want to be perfect if you would be perfect go and sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven come follow me in other words jesus said i want to be first in your life remember now it was the young rich man that realized something was still lacking It was he that that thought to himself, I've done all these things, but there's something that's still not right with my life. And Jesus points out that thing that's not right, that you have exalted possessions above following me. I want to be first in your life. And the Bible says that the rich young man could not do it and he walked away from an opportunity. He walked away from an internship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, because he loved his possessions more than he loved his God. And he was willing to lay all of that aside an opportunity to see Jesus firsthand just so that he could hold on to those riches. Jesus turned and looked at his disciples in chapter 19, verses 23 and 24, and he said, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Notice Jesus didn't say rich people won't go to heaven. That's not what he said. He just said it's going to be very difficult for someone who has so much to put their trust in me it's going to be difficult they can do it but they've got to learn to put me first if they want to see eternal life this troubles the disciples because they feel like the standard is very high to gain eternal life. And so the, this conversation starts right after the young ruler walks away and Jesus makes that statement. They just think to themselves that, that this is just a high price. And so Peter, on behalf of the disciples, he speaks up in verse 27. He says, we have left everything. Jesus, we have left everything and followed you. What, what then shall we have? When we enter into your kingdom, what's in it for us? Before you start pointing fingers at the disciples, don't you know that that's the mentality that all of us have at one time or another? What's in it for me? You wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't be here worshiping. You wouldn't be here listening to me preach the word of God if you didn't think there was something in it for you. It's okay. Don't feel guilty over that. The disciples who were walking with him, they're struggling with this. Jesus, you just set the bar really high. The standard is really high, Jesus, and so we've abandoned everything. We For three years, we've been following you. What's in it for us? What then shall we have? And, it, and Jesus at that moment explains to them that they real, will rule with him in heaven, but he also prepares their hearts for what they will also see while they're there. Let me tell you something about your life. If you love Jesus Christ and you put him first in your life, you will rule with him one day. It's going to happen that is that is a promise out of god's word that we will rule and reign with jesus but you better prepare your heart right now for some of the things that you might see that you might not think will be fair once you get there and jesus takes this opportunity to teach them and in verse 30 our starting verse today with our text he says but many who are first will be last and the last first. And then he tells them this parable about the workers in the vineyard. So let's talk about the two questions that we still have problems dealing with today. The first question is this, why do they get paid first? And second, how much do they get paid? Or maybe we would stress it like this, how much did you say they're getting paid? A number of years ago, while still living in Tampa, Mandy and I, came up for a Florida football game with a couple that were members of the church there that we were on staff at. And while living in Tampa, we didn't get to make it up to a, a lot of Florida football games like we had in years past living closer to the area. And so we wanted to take advantage of it, and this guy being a season ticket holder, knowing that other opportunities may arise for them to bring us with them again, us being, both being Florida fans, I thought, well, I better be on my best behavior. You know, you don't want to be the guy that shows up and he's obnoxious. You know, some of you could care less. I've seen you at football games, but I've seen some of you at a basketball game last night. You might want to repent today, but I'm just saying, um, and so, I wanted to be on my best behavior. And so everything's going good. We enjoy the ride up from Tampa. We get to, to Florida Field, and, and it was just one of those scorching days. It was hot. You know, you've been at Florida Field before when it's just burning up. And, and, and it was very hot. And, and, and so me and this gentleman, we go and we, we get in line to get us some cold beverages for, for the two of us and for our wives. And as we're standing there in line, I notice that there's these two guys that they're pulling one of these line-skipping skip, uh, uh, schemes and, and, and where they don't really turn around and face you, but they think if they're backs to you that you don't see them or at least they don't make eye contact with you. And every time the line inches, they just kind of inch a little bit more. And, and finally, from being completely behind us, they have inched their way to being in front of us. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't thirsting to death. I wasn't about to pass out, but it was the principle of it. Anyone ever been caught up in the principle of it? I was in line first. Dibs on line, right? I'm here. You started there. There's no possible way you will end up here unless I turn around, look at you, and say, would you like to skip me, which I was not going to do on this day. So... I noticed that they are now in front of us. Without even saying a word, I look at the guy with me. His name was David. And I look at David, and and, and David gives me that look. And, you know, we look at each other, and I'm like, David's like. (laughs) And at that moment, I realized that the season ticket holder was on the same page with me. So Rocky's allowed to show out now. Probably in my mind, this is the way I'm thinking if I don't stand up for us He might not ever bring me back to a game again I mean what kind of man would just let another man just skip right in front of him? I've got to prove that I'm a man at this point And so in my mind I devised this little scheme They schemed me I'll scheme them Right when it was the moment For them to walk up and order they're at the counter at that moment. I did this and let David go right in front of me, and David ordered all of our beverages right there, plus, he paid for it, and I walked away, <laughs> and I never lost my place in line. I don't like being skipped in line. Anybody in the room like being skipped in line? You're just a liar if you raise your hand. Nobody likes being skipped in line. This is how the workers felt that had been there all day long. Think about it. We've been working all day. We are tired. We want to go home to our families. Why are you paying them first? They've slept till noon. They took their sweet time getting here. Is, it, is this not the way that we feel sometimes when we see someone else getting the blessing before us? We feel like we've been skipped. In God's kingdom, somehow we feel like we have been skipped. that somebody else is getting our blessing. And I've seen some of the greatest people, understand me, listen to me. I've seen some of the greatest people, great Christians, fall victim to being envy. I've seen them fall victim to covetousness. We don't get it, especially when we're in line for the blessing first. We think, Well, I'm older. I've been married longer. I've been through more than what they have been through. I deserve that house, God. I deserve that car. I deserve that raise. God, you are just not fair to me and to my life. Why are they getting the blessing and I'm not getting the blessing? And you are flat out telling a lie if you've never thought that in your life before. And there is only one way that I have found to overcome this mentality, and it takes a heart transplant. That sounds so cliche, doesn't it? That sounds like something the preacher's supposed to say. It takes a heart transplant. It's like having a friend that's waiting for a heart transplant, and at the moment, he's first on the list. But over time, at least five people have been given hearts before him because their cases are more critical. And your friend handles this with great grace because he has another principle that he lives by that we all should live by. They need the heart even more than he does. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever wondered why God blesses some people before he blesses other people? Have you ever thought that maybe they just need it more than you need it? Maybe the place they're at spiritually, they need God to build their faith more than you need God to build your faith in that moment. And maybe their case is just a little bit more critical. And have you ever stopped to think in the middle of your envy, maybe God knows what they need more than what you do. And when you reprogram your mind to stop judging God's blessings on others and you start celebrating what they were blessed and how they were blessed, you yourself will find that you've had a change of heart. You've had a heart transplant. And I'm telling you, if you're ever going to get past envy, if you're ever going to get past this in your life, you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to do that heart transplant in you. so interesting to me that Jesus said that the ones Who worked for one hour got paid the same as the ones who worked for 12 hours you're paying them what seriously you're going to pay them the same as you paid me i mean a a denarius a day that was good money it was good money for that time but a denarius an hour they showed up at 11 at at the 11 o'clock hour and you're paying them for that last hour of the day and they're making a denarius an hour that's just mind-boggling that they would get a whole day's wage for one hour and I'm sure that the, their curiosity ran away with them and they begin to imagine standing there in line at the back of the line I'm sure that their mind began racing as they begin to think about what they would receive if he's paying them that only work for an hour a denarius a whole day's wage how much more is he going to pay us I hate these these sports where there's not a first place, second place, third place handed out where just everybody gets a participation trophy. I do, I, and I know we support some of them here, and it teaches kids character and all that, but man, I hate it, I do, I hate it. I hate it. And there's this, there's this KiA commercial that's been on the last quarter of, the, of this past year that really speaks to my heart. Um, so I brought it with me today. you want to watch it? chase out let me see that participation trophy but we we won every game why do we get the same trophy as all those teams we beat are we gonna start ending games with hugs instead of handshakes no 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 there you go champ thanks I relate to that. I do. I relate to that right there. Now listen to me. I figured this thing out. I really have. You ready? The only way for the last to be first and the first to be last would be if they all cross the finish line at the same time in a dead heat. It's the only way it works. I can't wrap my mind around it any other way. The only way that the first can be last and the last can be first is if they all cross the finish line the same way. Because, I mean, first means first. You're ahead of everybody else. That's me beating Mandy in the race. (laughs) Last is last. In the one-on-one race, me versus Mandy, Mandy was last in that race. You understand that, right? The only way to be last and first and first and last at the same time as when they all cross the line together. If there are ten people in a race and they all they're all first and they're all last, it, it's it's a dead heat. First Corinthians 15 and 52 says in a flash. Picture this. In a flash. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. I figured it out. I have. I figured it out. Finally, after all these years, I figured it out. It's a photo finish when we all get to heaven. I know I'm messing up some of you right now, but, but, but I believe I have scripture to back this up, and, and I don't care to debate with you. It's not going to change whether or not we're getting to heaven or not. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The Bible also speaks of those who have gone on being at rest right now in the presence of the Lord. It means when the trump of God sounds, nobody beats me there. Nobody gets to heaven before I do. Nobody gets to enjoy it before I do. The dead in Christ will rise. Then those who are remain, who 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 remain, we will be called up together. We'll meet Him in the air, and so shall we ever be with our Lord. Is what the Bible says. It's a photo finish. We all cross the finish line at the same time. We all get to experience the presence of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, at the same time. It doesn't matter if you gave your heart to Christ at 8 years old or 80 years old. We all cross the finish line at the same time. The first is last and the last is first and we're all there together. And when you start setting your views on eternity like that and on the things that really matter, you don't care who gets the blessing first on earth. This is temporary. That's eternal. And it has the ability to change the way you look at life. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person for service times and directions log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.